I'm Lindsay Maloney, and this is the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I built a six-figure coaching business while raising my three babies and working a nine-to-five, and I'm here to help you break free from the hustle mentality that's been holding you back from reaching your full potential so you can know your worth, step into your own power, and of course, book your dream clients. Welcome back to another episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. Today, we're visiting with Tracy Sheriff all about how to make an impactful online course. If you have an online course or you want to have one, listen to this episode because she is going to talk all about how to make it so it's effective for your students because their results are yours. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Tracy, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Oh, and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really anxious to dig in because what you do is really unique. And I love having all of these unique guests on the show because I can't, I don't know everything and you guys just really fill in the gaps. So why don't you tell everyone what you do and who you serve? Okay. Well, I am an online teaching strategist. My background is in education across the lifespan. So I've had many different experiences from little people like zero all the way through to six, eight years old, through to school age children doing some tutoring and some um, adults and some adults with disabilities and some adults in the college classroom. So I've taught across the lifespan. And so education has really been a big part of my life. And I'm really passionate about online teaching and online learning. I'm a lifelong learner myself. I'm very, I take a lot of initiative with my learning and I appreciate what the internet has done for us in terms of bringing lots of learning that we wouldn't necessarily be able to access to us, right? Mm -hmm. And so my focus is really to help those that are teaching online particularly those coaches and consultants who are in the online space who have a successful business and they've launched a course or a program to, to really help them refine their program in a way that helps their students achieve better results and achieve those results faster. So basically, I help people design their learning to be more effective so that they can get more of their clients or students across the finish line. I love that you are seeing it through the students' eyes and you know how important it is for those students to have results. And I think that's what makes such a good coach or course creator is your main priority is serving the students so they can have, so they can meet their goal. And you help people do that. So you must have seen some kind of a gap or something that was missing from these online courses or things that people were struggling with. Could you fill us in on what those were? Sure. Well, I think primarily there's a lot of subject matter experts out there. I mean, if you have something to teach, um, you can, like I said, you can create your course, you can create your program and you have a lot of knowledge, but to be able to really package that knowledge in a way that is an effective learning experience for students is is more challenging than people think it is. And so what I was noticing was that there was a real 
drive and passion for people to create products. And sometimes they want to create them and call them passive products. But I would like to challenge that and say a really good effective learning experience for someone is not really effective if it's passive, Mm -hmm. that there is a constant need for engagement and feedback in order for that learning cycle to really take place. But what I was noticing was that a lot of people knew how to take what they know and maybe bullet point it out with an outline, but they don't really know how to translate that into effective learning. And so what was happening is we hear a lot about low completion rates. We hear a lot about refund rates that are higher than people would like. And we also have a consumer now, uh, all of the people that are buying these courses and programs that have higher expectations than they've ever had before. And so really wanting to make sure that I can help use the knowledge and passion that I have for teaching and for the student and really help people make their experiences Um, exciting, engaging, and, you know, really support the learning that we all want, right? We're all looking for that transformation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I I love that you pointed out that while those passive income goals sound really great and you hear everybody talk about them and some of those courses can carry, some, some courses can carry their weight doing that. Um, But those bigger courses that people are selling, that support is so uh, meaningful and powerful for that student success. Uh, So what kind of support do you like to see course creators giving their students? Well, it starts right from the minute that they purchase your course. So they really need to have a really good, strong sense of belonging and a good understanding of what to expect, where to be, how to show up. There's a lot of Um, I'm trying to think of the word, but there's a lot of students that have make purchases and then they change their mind, right? Especially if it's a premium purchase. And so now this is the other thing I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of um, coaches and consultants with, like I said, probably really great content um, wanting to charge these really premium prices, right? And so sometimes students are are having buyer's remorse. That's the word I was looking for earlier, mm-hmm. buyer's mm-hmm. remorse. So really um, making sure that you're creating an engaging experience right from, from the get-go. Um, students really need to know what to expect, and they also need to know why, right? Why am I investing my money and my time in this? What is it that I am going to see as the result of this? How is this going to change my life, right? Because we're all looking for that transformation. So they really need that to be really clear. They also need to have opportunities where there's choice built in, right? Adult learners are not the same as children. They're, they're, they're not passively engaged. They, they're on a mission. They have a problem that they want to get solved. But they also want to be respected for the fact that they do have knowledge and experiences that they bring with them from the past. And they want to have some opportunity, too, to make some choices about how they engage in the course or the program, how they consume content, how they contribute back to the learning environment. So anytime you can offer an element of community in your course or your online program, 
a hundred percent. A lot of time on the front end needs to be um, put there in order to really create that container where the learning is most likely going to happen less from you, the teacher, and more from the interactions within the group because they're going to learn from their peers as well. So I think really just making sure that they're prepared and making sure that you have this learning community that you've created and a really clear roadmap of where they're going and how they're going to get there. I think that is such a great point to make. Uh, Usually when you sign up for a program, you go right into your inbox because you're waiting for those login details and what's next. And I always advise my students and clients when they create a program and they launched it and they have students coming in, put yourself in the place of the student and what would you expect next to happen? What, what, is it, what are your patterns? And then emulate that. And I think sometimes we miss all of those things because we, so, we get so carried away with the end result and we forget to fill in all of those bits and pieces. But it's so important because it's, it's your next big impression on that person. You already made your first impression. They bought. But then now you need, it's more important now to make them feel like they're going to be taken care of. Yeah. What do you, what do you say about the person who, what do you say to the person who has this program and they're coming to you and their students aren't getting the results? What is a common thing? What is like something that is a red flag for you? For me, it's if they have a bunch of content, but they don't really have clear goals and objectives for that content. And so A lot of times what happens is when I work with clients, they'll say, oh, I have goals and objectives or I know what the outcomes are going to be. But when I dive a little deeper with them, they really don't. And what what they have is an idea of what it is that is going to happen as a result of people doing things. But there's nothing really measurable there for the student to to really be able to know if they're making progress or not. So a good learning outcome for every module at least um, one for every module, and then at least one to three objectives for each lesson that you create or content block is another way that I sometimes refer to lessons. So Mm -hmm. I think making sure that there's an action verb attached. So are they going to create something? Are they going to identify something? Are they going to reflect on something? Making sure that they know exactly what the outcome is going to be, and then you provide the content that helps them to get there, that measurable outcome, so that the student can have those regular check-ins along the way about the progress that they're making. They need to have those opportunities for those quick wins right from the gate, right? So Mm -hmm. making sure that it's not... You're not waiting till, you know, you're in your fourth or fifth lesson or a coaching call or however you want to lay out your program before they actually feel like they're achieving something. So people like to be rewarded for the mm-hmm. time and the effort that they're putting in. So really making sure that those um, learning outcomes and those lesson objectives or, or lower level objectives are, are going to get the student from point A to point B and that it's really well uh, clear and laid out for, for the student. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we love to check things off and complete things. What are your favorite tools for holding the course? So there's so many different online schools and platforms. What are your favorites? 
Well, I've used a variety of them. Right, right now, uh, my favorite is Member Vault. It is a newer platform that not a lot of people may know about yet, but it is growing fast and furious. Mm -hmm. It's not just a course platform. It actually offers a lot of opportunity for you to hold and host a lot of different content, whether it just be freebies um, or even podcast episodes. Like there's so many different ways Mm -hmm. you can use Member Vault. Um, But I like it because there's an uh, opportunity for you to really track the engagement of your students. They can earn engagement points as they're interacting with your content. And it's not a standalone tool like Kajabi, where Kajabi, there's a lot of different features and things built in. Mm -hmm. So Member Vault, though, can integrate with a lot of other other tools that can also be embedded into it. And I like it because it is a sort of a grassroots, sort of born out of opportunity, uh, small business, which is really sort of um, challenging the status quo about um, how how we do things and how we engage with content. So Member Vault is definitely one of my my preferred. Um, but there are many, right? And so I think it is important for you to know what your goals are as the creator of the experience. What features do you need your course or your program to have? Because not every course or program needs to have all of the same features. It really depends on the experience that you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. So what are your, your, your key points? This makes a successful course. This will, if you follow these guidelines, I know I'm putting you on the spot. If you follow (laughs) these key things, you will have a course that will be effective for people. Like you have, if you have the content and these things, what, what are those things that people might be missing? Well, we'll start with the things that I think more in general terms, you know, we talk about, I talked already about having a really good, uh, well mapped out learning journey. Mm-hmm. So looking at the the end result and building backwards mm-hmm. and making sure that you're not skipping any really important steps. You also want to have that learning community and you want to off, off, excuse me, you want to offer feedback loops, right? You want to make sure that there's opportunities for them to get feedback, whether that's from you, from their peers, or even some self-checking, some self-reflection mm-hmm. um, in order for you to, to, for you to really monitor sort of where students are potentially getting stuck or, you know, where you might even have pieces of content that you don't need, right? Because mm-hmm. one of the things that tends to happen is this real connection or the connection is not the right word, this idea that the more content that you have in there, mm-hmm. the, the better the course or the more valuable the course. But what ends up happening is this content overwhelm. And so you really need to be able to narrow down exactly what are the must-have pieces of learning and experience that my student needs to have and everything else can just be put to the side, right? Mm-hmm. Our our general feeling is that we need to just fill up the space with all kinds of resources and all Mm -hmm. kinds of information. And so we just really need to pare that down. Um, I think it's how you connect your learning outcomes and objectives to the activities and tasks or missions that you send your client on that really is important. It's that alignment between what it is we're trying to accomplish and how we're going to get there. And what I see a lot of times is that we, we miss out on opportunities to be creative and how 
we get clients to take action on things. So being able to make sure that you've picked the right activity or the right teaching strategy to match your goal is super important. So how do you know if this is the first time you're ever launching a course, how do you know what your students need if you've never had students before? You have to put yourself in the position as the novice. You have to forget everything you know and pretend you don't know anything. Write down every single step, every single point of sticky point for yourself where you might have gotten stuck and just do a full-on brain dump to start with. Um, you want to start at the back, the back end, so the end result, and then work your way to the beginning. So that's a backwards design approach. It's actually, there's mm-hmm. many different design approaches when it comes to creating a uh, curriculum or a content journey or learning journey for your students. I know I find in the online space, there's a lot of aversion to the word curriculum, but I'm an academic. And so mm-hmm. it's really hard for me not to use that <laughs> word um, because content is not curriculum. And that's, that's one thing that I you know, want people to understand. Your content is um, your videos, your documents, mm-hmm. your PDFs, and your workbooks, and all of those kinds of things. And you can have tons of content. But if you don't have it mapped out in a way that there's some type of framework that's going to um, guide you as the teacher or the coach and then guide your student along, you're, you're going to miss things. There's going to end up to be um, knowledge gaps, skill gaps, and missed opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so really, the first thing you should do, you have to put yourself in your, the shoes of your student and just start brainstorming every little possible step or piece of information that you might need to be successful to get you to that end result. I love the backwards design. That's how I've done everything in my business. It helps me um, just as much as I hope it helps my students um, work things out. You always start with the angle in mind and then work backwards. I think that's such an effective approach. And, you know, online courses have been out there for a little while. And I think they're just getting more and more prominent because it's such a great way to learn and it's a great way to earn an income for your business. Are there any trends that you see coming into the online course space that you see maybe people are um, pivoting to or anything that you see might, that might be changing? Well, I think, as I mentioned earlier, like the consumer themselves, they're, they're expecting a lot more from their experience especially for the premium prices that some people are charging. And I have no problem with premium pricing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not, that's, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of uh, time and effort and skill that goes into creating a really valuable learning experience. Mm-hmm. What I'm noticing, and I'm, this is sort of, sort of off the cuff, is the, this pivot to more of a hybrid approach where you have, not just a standalone course where you purchase and you go in and you do self-study. While there is lots of those, I'm also seeing a lot of coaches and consultants that are creating courses where there's information that you can consume on your own with maybe some action items and then some hybrid coaching, whether that be group coaching or whether that be one-to-one coaching. And to me, those are the experiences that are 
probably the most likely going to, to see students moving from um, A to B because they're gonna have the level of support that they need. Most people, if they buy a course that is just intended for them to log in and work through on their own, mm-hmm. we're, we're just naturally um, uninclined to be motivated in that way. We might take pieces of the information and that's, that's fine. Sometimes mm-hmm. that affects completion rates too because sometimes we buy a course and we really only need module two and module four. We've got mm-hmm. module one down pat, module three, so we just consume the information that we need and we, we take the learning and then we, we apply it and it fits in. We assimilate it with what we already know. Mm-hmm. But I think this hybrid approach especially if it includes some level of one-to-one, and that means smaller groups, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to really know what, how much time you have to devote to this experience, and you have to know what students are going to need in order to choose the best model for, for yourself. Mm, definitely. And so I, I, I love the way that my program has worked out because I do meet all of my girls biweekly and I have the community aspect and we do a one-to-one at the beginnings because I know that that's what my students want and that's what they need. So that's what I give them. And that's really important. I think so many of us get attracted to the easy ways like the passive income style, but then that's not leading your business with the mindset of serving and generosity. And for me, that's always going to be the lens that I work through is how can I serve you in the best way possible for me and you? And when you adapt that, then you're going to have those students who know you and refer you and go on all of your calls and they love their experience. And then that creates big things for their business. And it's that ripple effect. So it goes so much more deeper than, you know, have a course and make money. It goes so much more deeper than that. Do you agree? A hundred percent. I think we are just naturally attracted to people and human connection. And, you know, you know, the teacher as the subject matter expert sort of is there to guide and lay out that framework, but the learning happens best when you are learning from each other and the experiences Mm -hmm. that you can bring into a learning community where you're trying out some of these activities or you have that fear because there's a lot of that, right? Especially Mm -hmm. if you're you're, um, a business coach and you've got people that are really trying to focus on launching a business. There's a lot of mindset stuff and a lot of Mm -hmm. fear that comes up and knowing that there's this sense of belonging that I can openly and safely share my feelings and experiences and I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. Those pieces are far more effective than just you putting up a talking head video and talking about mindset and all of those other things that you, you know, your clients will need to overcome. There's a place for those things. And you need to know, I think when you're creating content, what you can deliver in a video, because your time is valuable too right? As the co- coach or the consultant or the person running the program or course, you, you need to know what pieces of information can be put packaged up into an audio or a video file mm-hmm. that they can do consume on the go. And then what pieces of information are going to need a lot more massaging, a lot more opportunity for Q&A and mm-hmm. for sharing of experiences. And so I think that's that can sometimes 
be a challenge for people that, you know, they have an idea of a framework for a course and it's every module is going to have one video and one audio file and a downloadable workbook mm -hmm. for reflection, mm -hmm. right? There, there's more than PDFs that can impact learning in a really positive way. One example, I talked with a health coach once on a call and, you know, she wanted her clients to be able to sort of identify the things that were currently in their cupboards that were unhealthy, right? For, mm -hmm. for simplicity, something that was unhealthy. And so while it would be easy for you to just put out a workbook and say, or a worksheet and say, okay, you know, after the call, go into your cupboard and, you know, write down all of the things and then post in the Facebook group, I suggested that while you're on the group call, why aren't people moving, getting up from their seats, going and finding one or two items from their cupboard and bringing them and showing them on the screen and saying, hey, look what I found, mm -hmm. right? This is, this is not the item that, you know, I want to be having in my cupboard. Watch me. I'm going to toss it in the can, right? Yeah. Um, and so that idea of it being really active versus passive learning and people actually taking action on the call versus always having to walk away and do stuff after the fact. So kind of workshopping the um, opportunities for learning too, whether that be inside your Facebook group, um, you know, just being mm -hmm. really creative mm -hmm. with it and, and not sort of sticking to what I had seen happening with the status quo of, of the downloadable mm -hmm. workbooks, right? Right. Well, it does get a little stagnant after a while, after going through workbook after workbook, having a variety of things, workshops, um, videos, workbooks, audios, all different things. And I also believe that way, and I don't have the teaching background that you do, but I think it's best to have it that way because then you're catering to all different um, senses and all different learning styles as much as possible. A hundred percent. Yes. I know in my college class, for example, we have a discussion board and I tell students like you can type your responses or you could record yourself on a video or you can upload an audio file. You can add images and links and share resources. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, so there's not one way of, mm -hmm. of being right. And that goes a lot to along with, you know, what students today are experiencing on social media, this I idea of choice, you know, putting up a GIF or hitting the like mm -hmm, button. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes in an LMS system in a college, things are a little drier. <laughs> so you have mm -hmm. to try to find ways to, to be creative. But interestingly, most students will still pick text, even though you give them those choices. But mm -hmm. the idea that they've got a choice yeah. is is, you know, helping me demonstrate that I value them as a student and recognize that we all learn differently and we all express ourselves differently. Now, obviously, if I was going to be grading them on their grammar, they would need to write something, right? Mm -hmm, so you mm -hmm. have to know what it is you're measuring and in terms of the result in order to be able to, to know um, what activity is an appropriate activity to go with it. But, you know, I think we need to be focused a little bit too on, on making things more fun. Mm -hmm. um, and that can really increase engagement. And I, I know engagement is something that um, particularly in, in some courses where there isn't a lot of support and inside of a learning community that can be really difficult. It's really easy to just drop off and, and not log in. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, we've all bought the course where we thought it was going to be this amazing thing and then we get it and we're like, okay, where's the, where is it? Where is everyone? Or where is the, what I thought I was going to get? And then you go through a couple of things and you get bored and you're done and then it's collecting dust on your computer. Um, but I, I want everyone to feel really inspired to, to create their course or to judge up their course a little bit if they have one. And know that it doesn't, it's not going to be perfect the first time you carry it through a a student's journey. It's a constant work in progress. And it took me, you know, almost two years to have my course the exact way I wanted it because I always tune into my students and what they need. They are, they're driving the car. I I'll provide the vehicle, but they are going to show me how we're going to get there. And I think once you embody that student, and it's probably you a few years ago as well, just kind of go with that person instead of who you are now. You're going to create a great course. It might not, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen over time. Um, Does that, does that feel aligned with what you go with when you talk about creating your course, Tracy? 100%. I mean, it is a continuous cycle of improvement, right? But it's, it's about really getting that feedback too from your students and the opportunity for them to ask questions. And for sure, in the moment, you're going to also try to solve the problem or answer Mm -hmm. the question for them so that they aren't stuck, right? You want them to continue to move forward. But when you're reflecting on the experience after a six or 12 week or, you know, year long program that you've had someone in, you really need to look at the data as a whole, not just from one or two students, but all students know that everyone learns differently and that, you know, there are some things that, you know, you might get some feedback and you have to make some decisions about what Mm -hmm. what you might need to refine and and what stays and what goes. But your students are the person that's really going to be able to give you that information. So knowing when to ask for feedback and what types of questions to ask is really important. Some students, they're not really great with open-ended questions. Tell me what your biggest takeaway was, Mm -hmm. right? You may not get the most information from that. You'll get some information, but the more specific, tell me how you felt when you first logged in to the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. That's going to give you so much more information around, you know, whether people felt it was a positive experience, whether it was welcoming, whether it was confusing, all of those things. So it's knowing what questions to ask too, which is also part of the work that I do with clients. Because when you're refining, you might refine it after the, you know, the first time, the second time, the third time. And maybe the first time you're refining, you're focusing on content. And maybe there's some content pieces that we're missing or some sticky points. Maybe the next time you're refining, you're focusing on upping the engagement level. And, you know, all of those different possible things that might get in the way of the success of your student, you need to prioritize. You may not be able to sort of fix everything after one run through Mm -hmm. and know that you probably need several students to really sink their teeth into your program or your course before you'll actually get it to the point where you're feeling like you've, you've kind of hit where you're, where you're feeling good about it. They're feeling good about it. And um, you're really proud of it. 
Hmm. Love it. This was such a great conversation, Tracy. How can people find you um, so they can hear more about what you do? Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. So I do have a business page. It's Tracy Sheriff and it's Teacher Tribe Online is my business page. And I recently just started a new group called High Touch Programs That Impact, specifically for coaches and consultants with programs and that are looking to work through that refinement process to really better understand how to design for the way people learn, how to get the most effective results in the fastest or shortest period of time, and really just wanting to build a community of, of people that really are looking for that cycle of continuous improvement with a little bit of guidance from someone who's been doing this for a lot of years. So there's uh, three places that you can find me and I welcome you to um, check me out anywhere and connect with me. I love connection. Awesome. Well, we will put all of your information in the show notes. You guys can go ahead and find Tracy. It's Sheriff with two R's and two F's and you can go find her and learn about what she does because I think it's really important to 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 learn from somebody who's five to ten steps ahead. If we're not, if we've never been in the education space, taking that knowledge from people who know in a, it in a different way is going to be really great for your course. So be sure you go show Tracy some love and uh, learn from her because she just gave you so many good things to take into consideration for your course. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Tracy. I appreciate all of your generous information and we loved having you. Yes. And I loved being here. Thank you so much for letting me share some of my nuggets of wisdom. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I am so grateful for you. and I want to be sure you are a part of my free community. Go to dreamclientcommunity.com and join our free Facebook group. We have all kinds of cool things happening every single day, so don't miss out. Also, if you love downloading freebies, check out my freebie vault on my website by going to lindsaymaloney.com, selecting freebie vault, and there you can download all the things that will help you start and scale your coaching business. And if you're feeling extra generous, be sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode. 